0: Hi, it's Tuesday morning. I actually shouldn't do this now because I have a college in 45 minutes. So let me see if I can hop right over here. Uh, this is Parsha's podcast. Is, uh being sponsored by my good friends, the Rossbergs, by S.C. Rossberg and her family, in memory of her husband, Mark, Dr. Mark Rossberg, all of us remember very well. This was a, uh, <laughs> let me put it this way. This is a good Parsha for Mark Rossberg, if anybody knew. He was a pediatric uh you know, an uh, anesthesiologist at Hopkins, but a very good one, too. But if there was a, if you knew Mark, he was a Jabotinsky guy. If he would side with Shimon and Levy in terms of wiping out the city of Shkrim over the father who said, don't do it. You know, he, Mark was exactly the type of guy who would say, Ya says We're not taking nothing off anybody. It's only one language these people understand. Uh, but he's a very wonderful person, and he saved a lot of lives and so forth. Eminent practitioner. And uh, the family is very close, there in my shul, and his kids, some of them are all, all on the medical field, They're all, all the kids are good. And so, pay tribute to his memory. It's a, a few years now, wow. Anyway, I'm going to share something, I don't know if I'm right or not, uh, all I ever share is what I think, or the impression it makes on me. And uh, there's a funny thing in this week's Parsha, it always is, and my attention is drawn to the story after Hachizoni Yasa Hoseinu. In other words, after the story of the rape of Dina and the extermination of Shechem, so what happens next? As far as I'm concerned, the story is very strange. Okay? Very strange. And that is, uh, and the Farshim kind of deal with it in their own way. But, um, right after that, God says to Yaakov, get out of here. Kuma, Go back to the place where you had the dream with the ladder." Okay? Because you promised then when you would come back, you would do that. And uh, if you go by the Chazals, they say because Yaakov was over in Baal Ta'achar, therefore, you know, his daughter was attacked and he lost his wife and things like that. Bavon Nadarim, Noshe Mesim, and things of that nature. They're very stark on that uh, sort of thing. So a very famous Chazal. But let's go with the Pashup Shop. Um, a whole bunch of tough things happen to Yaakov, right? He leaves, Fayyamur Yaakov El beso And so, basically, let's get this straight. He escaped from love, and he got down. He stopped at Shechem. He thought he was kind of like settling Shechem. You know, uh, he started endowing the city with uh, museums and things like that. And, uh, you know, he'd be a good citizen of Shechem. Of course, that didn't work out. By the time it's over, the city was destroyed by his own family, which he did not approve of. And then God tells him, get out of here and proceed southwards. And so before he goes, he tells the family Hosiros Elohe Nechar Shirbusokan. Very interesting language, Vita Rubachlivusimose. Get rid remove the idols, listen closely to the language. Hasiros Eloheha Nechar, get rid of the idols Ashurbisoken, which is in your toch. Vitaharub and be Mataya yourself, Fakli Vusimosechem and change your clothes. Now my fortune figure, what's going on over here? Now, the easiest way to deal with, let me put it this way, does Yaka's family have idols? Okay? Elohei nechar Now, in Mepharshim, for totally understandable, firm reasons, it all can't be. So, it can only refer to the spoils from the city of Shechem. They just wiped out Shechem. They took all the Shabu Vayavozur, they took all the goodies, including and in all these with idols and stuff like that. And in that case, get rid of them. I, I'm aware of that. I understand that. But it's kind of weird, because then he buries them. Why don't you destroy them? The Ramban asked this question, right? Why don't you destroy them? Uh, and, you know, if you want to go like I like would say, you know, a certain route the Yenus ancient route, you say, well, could some of them, unfortunately, go, I guess, why couldn't they be them? Then you get a whole question, the do you know, like the Prashat Rachim, did the Bnei Yisrael have a dinner with Jews before Mount Torah, and if they're going, you can be Mavatlan of the If you're a Jewish, you can't be Mavatolim the I don't want to go into all that. And another time, I may be in that mood, but I don't want to go in that way. And so, it's a very strange story. He says, I'll repeat, He tells them three things. And this is before the Torah is given, as we all know. Remove the idols which is in your midst. Purify yourself. Now, what's the reason for that? And they do it, Okay. And then he says, "When the kumvenala be sailed, then we'll go to, we'll have a session with God." El Yaakov is called Eloheinich, so he gave him the Eloheinichar, which was biadam. And the rings, uh, you know, the nose rings or the earrings rather. um And he buried him under a tree. Find a way, bury him a tree. And then it says, "And." Then they weren 't attacked by Arabs because Yaakov was afraid that as a result of killing Afram he 'll get everybody angry at them it 'll provoke a huge war and he said Ani, uh, espo, will be wiped out and it didn 't happen and it sounds like it was divine providence the fear of Elokim dashem of made that they 're scared okay now what's stood the um Dib Ezra says that he had idols, or at least, let's put it this way, Ruchel did. Uh, she took the truffin. Why'd she do that? You know, she believed him at some level. Okay? Uh, that's how it goes. And this is my point. It seems to me, I could be wrong, yeah, it seems to me that they all had idols. I'll tell you why I'm saying that. When I read this Pusach, it reminds me very much a sort of identical language from the book of Shmuel. In the book of Samuel, we're told at the very beginning of the book, or near the beginning anyway, that the Jews um, had a war with the Philistines, Battle of Afek, and they lost, and the Ark was captured, and the Kohanim were killed. It was a national disaster. They even destroyed the Mishkan, if you follow, according to the Gemar. It was bad news. And at that point, like the Jews were, what do we do? And um, since... The priests were killed, the leadership, so Eli died, and and Hophni and Pinchas died, and so on and so forth. So um, the Jewish people didn't know exactly what to do. And Shmuel emerged as Shmuel Navi. Samuel emerged as the leader of the Jewish people. And they said, what should we do? Right? What should we do? And And he didn't do what the other judges do, which is to raise an army. It's very interesting. You know, Gideon raised an army. Yiftuch raised an army. Uh, Deborah and Barak raised an army, and so on and so forth. Uh, he didn't do that. He said he had let's have a dominating session. And he says Shmuel basically throw And Shmuel in the Pusak there in the Shmuel Alf and Pereg and Zion, I guess. No, Gimel whatever, wherever it is. Zion. Shmuel says, In if you really mean it, if you really want to do so isn't that interesting? Same language. Get rid of all your idols that you have in your midst. Turn your eyes just to Hashem. And serve Him alone and not others. And that'll work. And then it says, They remove the idols. They had, and they worshipped Hashem, and then it was a happy ending, okay? Then came a happy ending. The Philistines were defeated. So in other words, it sounds like there were idols among them, and not simply, you know, trophies from a war of Shechem or something like that. So all I know is it sounds to me, at least when I'm reading it this year, I can only share with you the way it appears to me, is the following. This is what suggests itself. Yaakov lived with his wives and children in Lovin's house, as we all know. Um, we would like to think that Lovin had no influence whatsoever on the children. But it's clearly not the case. Um, if 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 Rachel believes in the Truffim and things like this, you know, then they, 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 they still had junk left over from the Lovin bit. You can't live with Lovin all this time and uh, not be affected. Perhaps Yaakov can. He says him Lovangarti, but Targ Okay, you know, maybe Yaakov can. But remember, Yaakov grew up in a frum house. These kids grew up... I'm talking about the, the, the Shvatim. They grew up in a funny house. They grew up where the father came from a frumy background. His name is Yaakov. But the mothers did not come from a frumy background. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Bilah and Zilba, for example, come from a frum background. You get what I'm saying? See, even if you say they're BTs, they, they married Yaakov, but now they switched over, and so on and so forth. It's not it. And... Now he's fleeing, um, what's he called? Uh, Lavan, and he makes it to Israel, as we all know the stories, and he encounters angels and so forth. But he, they still have their, their idols, um, some of them. And I, the language is even better, because he says, which is in your midst. knows you still have bad hashkafas within you, you understand? inside of you. And, uh, and therefore, Vitaru, you have to purify yourself from them. Because otherwise, what does it mean? Does it mean go to the mikvah? There was no such thing as a mikvah at that time. You know what I mean? Uh, don't tell me, you know, because they kept the Torah all the rest of it. What, is it what does it mean you change your clothes? It sounds to me like they still had the clothes. Yeah, so mafarshim can learn that they took the clothes from the spoils of, of Shechem. Okay, you know, that's also possible. But it seems to me that the real problem was they're still wearing the clothes that they wear by Lovin's house. You understand? Know, and it's all part of a culture of uh of paganism. Now, it's not only paganism, after all, Lovan, you know, was half monotheistic, half paganistic. Correct? It's not so simple. Lovin, because later on when he uh you know, and I mean at the end of the last parsha has they go over here, he says uh that they swore by their own uh, gods and all this. And, uh, you know, what does it say? Uh, uh, the, each one, Eloheav Ram Bel Heinachar. Remember that? Right? He says, by, by Yeshua Yaakov, and Love and went by the Heinachar. Okay? And, um, Del Heinachar, you know, that's, uh, you know, the, 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 the brother Abraham. Now, um, isn't Sarah from Nachar? I'm just saying, that was not a house of, of pure paganism. It's one of these, what's called syncretism. You know, they're mixed up. Uh, and it's not fair for you and I to look down thousands of years later. We've been purified and brainwashed, you know, for 3,000 years ever since Mount Torah. Things were different. And even after Mount Torah for the first 1,000 years, through all these confusing issues, if you know the Tanakh. And here we are way back when, and Jacob sees this. And he says, if we're going to go and, and have a base sale situation, we're going to have uh, a, a prayer meeting in, in the presence of Hashem and the Shekhinah, uh, you've got to change. Uh, and I think he attributes his misfortunes precisely to this. Uh, Dina has just been raped and the city's just been wiped out, and Yaakov thinks it's the wrong thing to do. I realize that Shemin and Levi d- thought it's the right thing to do, but Yaakov thought it was the wrong thing to do. And so he's being plagued by misfortune. And uh, and now he's trying to to get at us, and then you and I know that his misfortunes are not over because he's going on this uh, funny road, which leads to ten uh, spots. And do you know this? He now engages on a journey, in which he goes to t- to ten places, the uh, uh, the uh, un- until the final one. You know, it says it's not me. It's the Uh, uh If you look at the Rajbam, it's really cool. The Rajbam learns that Yaakov's journey in Canaan. When his way back, involves ten places. Penuel, that's number one. Sukkos is number two. Eil Israel, that's number three. Sholem, that's number four. Luza be number five. El Basel again is number six. Alam Bachus is number seven. And then Basel Hasheni, which is another place, that's eight. Beis Lechem Ephros, because that's where, where she's going to die. And Migdal later, it comes out to ten. Okay? So, uh, that's interesting because you know, uh smarter people than me can make something about it a journey of ten stops, you know, for the Ten Commandments or something like that. You see, it's a it's not it's not just a journey, there's some transformation going on over here. You understand? And in every place they're getting rid of bad stuff from the past. And over here they're getting rid of the Al Hayah Necha And therefore to me, fitaru means you have to purify yourselves from your hashkafas. Okay? Because I know you grew up with a grandfather and uncles. I mean, let's put it this way. Did Yaakov and the, his children uh, live with zero contact with their cousins, uh, which must have been a million back in Aram Narayim? Remember, Yaakov wasn't even home most of the day. He tells Lavan that I worked 24-7 like a dog for you as a shepherd, and you cheated me a bunch of times. But he did, you know, a That means Yaakov, you know, the halachas of a of a poel, you gotta take this very seriously. You can't uh, goof up. He spent very little time with the children, it seems. Uh, that cannot be, in my mind, that cannot be without consequence. I can't believe that you have Yaakov, who's away working 20 years as a shepherd for Lovin. Um, he's having children right and left with, with these uh, four wives. And, uh, and they're growing up, and they don't see the father much. And the mothers were born in Lovin's house. Assuming that Bill and Zilpa are from Levin, Uh deem worse if they're not. And uh, you see what I'm saying. In other words, you <laughs> know who's running the chinuch? How How's it all work out? It's it, it's strange story. You understand? It's a strange story. And now Yaakov is, is, is freed himself with great difficulties from the clutches of Lovin, with great difficulties, and he's coming to Eretz Israel. And like the Ramban famously says, when you get to Eretz Israel, the rules are tougher. Right? You know, the Kash wants a, 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 a more, uh, what's we got? stricter adherence. And, uh, you know, that's the famous reason why the two sisters died and all that, you know, uh, Rachel. And uh, he said, listen here, we just, I settled down or tried to settle a place called Shechem. That obviously didn't work out. Uh, I think you guys are wrong for killing out the city because that's what it was. And as you know, Yaakov never got over that, did he? Ya- Yaakov never got over that. And uh, I don't think it's a good idea. And uh, because, you know, he cursed him and the lady later on. Right? his deathbed. And uh, I think it's because El Necha, Sheba Socha the Tarub, those were, were two Tomei stole, and our dresses are the dresses of the Ganyim and of the idol worshippers and so forth. And, uh, and this is all wrong. Now, watch this. They do listen to the Father, they do get rid of all the. Idle stuff. It doesn't say they got rid of stuff but it does say So maybe that's identical when he says with and maybe it's not. Maybe they didn't get rid of everything. Uh, I don't know. It is weird to me that he buried them. You know, why didn't he just destroy them? After all, if you bury them, you're you're going to cause trouble. Somebody's going to find it, and the people who gave up the stuff are going to know about that. I'm not, I, I, I uh, I have trouble with that. You understand why he buried them? After he gets rid of the stuff, the next passage is the Arabs leave them alone. So in other words, it sounds, I think this is a shot. Yaakov, with his Ruh HaKodesh, discerns that the reason he's having all these troubles is because of what the are among them, just like Shmuel said. And once he convinces them to get rid of all the stuff, there's a transformation in the Arabs in the surrounding areas, and they leave him alone. So the story sounds to me like this. They wiped out Shechem. uh News travels fast among the surrounding, Chivi and Yavusi, and whatever it is, all the Canaanites. They probably start having, uh, you know, uh, war parties getting ready and said, Let's kill Yaakov and the family. After all, who are these guys? They showed up because of some misfortune, they'd come and wipe out the city, you know, because of a rape or something like that. Especially when they promised them that they wouldn't do it. And Shavu Vayavozu, and they, anyway, they went and they uh, sacked the city, you know, which if it was just about uh, honor, they wouldn't do. Remember back in the McGill Sester, it says, which Ibn Ezra says they want to show that there wasn't a, a money thing. And here it was. And uh, it sounds like they're coming to get, to attack him. And then Yaakov doesn't say, let's mobilize and prepare for war. Now, there is a medrash, but it's not, it's not a medrash, it's a spurious word that the Ramban quotes, sort of, and he says that there was a war. But the push shot is there wasn't a war. Okay? And Yaakov instead does what Shemul does. He says, I see that the reason over here is because we have Elohea HaNecher among us. And therefore, let's get rid of it and change the clothes, in other words, and be get rid of the ideas that you can have idols for Hashem and all the sorts of things I've been talking about the other week. Because that seems to have been the big problem at that time. You know, if you make an idol, not for a different deity, but for God. Uh, but get rid of all the sechem, and then the next Pesach says, the atmosphere changed. So in other words, all of a sudden, once it happened, divine providence made it that the same Arabs that were going crazy and forming war parties and whooping and swooping, all the rest of it, they then back off. They back off. So as Yaakov realized what the true source was, and uh, you know, it was, which is a spiritual one, and he addressed that, and that did the trick. It's actually a very from uh, 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 interpretation. And by the way, to me, it's very interesting because the story in, starts with Yaakov wrestling with the Sar Shalesa, And it's very famous that the Sar Shalesa wounds him. And it's a famous Chazal that said that the Sar Shalesa was referring... He, he says if he hit him in the thigh, it's a nice way of saying uh, he hit him in uh, the area of uh, of uh, having children, right? And procreation. And that was a reference to his progeny. Now you can look... In the Chazal, like to learn that as a reference to the martyrdom of the Jews down the centuries. Yes, I remember they talked in the Medrash about Bar-Kochah time and Hanukkah time when there was a great deal of martyrdom. You know, we all know this. Uh, I don't know if you know it or not, but if you uh, read up, you'll see the terrible sufferings that the Jews underwent. If you want to have something really gruesome, get the second book of Maccabees and read the original version of the story of Han and the Seven Sons. I'm not going to say what it is. It's pretty uh, gruesome a lot more than you imagine. So, this would be a reference to the fact that he wounded him, right? Bekaf uh, um, Yerecho, over there. To me, I mean, that's of course true, but I, I think it'd be more immediate if the Yaakov wrestles with the Saravesa and he's wounded there, then the Saravesa was is sort of telling him, you've got problems with your kids. You better get rid of the idols that they have among them. Instead, yes, they have Elohei Yanech at And, you know, Yaakov limped away. Uh, and now comes the story with Dina, which is like a fulfillment of what he said, that he punched him uh, down there. So, no was a reference to the children. In my mind, when Yaakov sees the rape of Dina, he says, oh, that's what the angel meant when he punched me there. I'm having trouble. Uh, I must respond appropriately, and that's to purge all the Avodazar, uh, whatever left over. Um, I'm going to make sure my wife gets... Rachel still had the Trophim, like the Ibn Ezra says. I got to get rid of that. And um, by the way, there is a there is a Medrash like this, uh, you know, depending how you read it. There is a Medrash Tanchuma, actually. I saw it when I looked in the Menachem Kasher, you know, in the Torah Shlema. And then I looked it up in the Medrash Tanchuma's side. It says, This is the Medrash Tanchuma now. Shebashash Nodar Omar, when Yaakov first left at the beginning of Parsha Bayetse, Yaakov said, I'mi imodi, ilich, lecha 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 be'gilabosh. So each one was a reference to imodi, shalom achav If God will, will protect me, shalom Look at isn't it? Shalom eh. He didn't shalom et eh. He said that we will not uh, uh, err after a I mean, he's already saying, you know, that if God will be with me and prevent me and my family from not following Avodah Zarah, Ushmarani Bader Chazem so he's already praying, according to this Medrash Tanhuma, at the beginning. By the time he sees the ladder, the 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 the, the dream with the ladder, if God will protect me from Shvichas Domen and from Avodah then everything will be good. And the Chazah told you, their opinion is that Yaakov's dream uh, the problem was that he, he didn't fulfill his nether in time. Loka therefore all three came to be. All the things he was worried about came to be. You see, by Avodazar, he had to tell the children to get rid of the idols. Medino, the rape of Dino. And and the killing of of Shechem. Isn't that interesting? Now, this Medrash Rabbah saying that Yaakov found himself involved in the uh, Shpichas Domim, Lishi because uh, he didn't approve. He thought what they did was wrong. And uh says is Dina. And Avodah is what I just told you, Sir Sil So we have a story about purging uh, the family of our ancestors. And as I said before, it's really interesting because um, the, the truffin of Rachel are removed, and then she dies. It's it's strange, right? Uh, and in the middle of it, you have the story where Devorah, the Menekes Rivka, dies. Now, nobody knows what the shot with that is. I mean, Rashi has his interpretation, and, and, and the, what do you call it, the Ramban, the others. I mean, I don't know. Why would they bother to tell you about Deborah? You understand? This is, by the way, this is obviously not the biblical Deborah, the judge. This is Devorah, Menekes Rivka. I think, again, I can only tell you what I think. You know, I, I don't know if it's right. I, I think if she dies, then it sounds like, you know, she may have been in some connection with the pagan past. Could be, because she was a Rifka. Rivka. She's one who, who was the nurse of Rivka. When Rivka was being nursed, that was Besuel and Lavan. I mean, they were not from, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, it's part of Elohei HaNechah, Shebbesul with the uh, and and by the way they bury the idols under a tree and they bury her under a tree isn't that funny okay um, yeah and she's also buried under nail, under oak trees and so it's it's very strange and after her death so in other words according to my thesis after they finally got rid of all the Zorah, then God blesses Yaakov. In other words, you got rid of all the bad stuff, and therefore he says, Pray or revake. It gives him this big um, uh, dream. So it turns out that the story after the Shechem incident and um, Yaakov's reaction to the Shechem incident, which is very spiritual, you understand? It's like Shemuel and Navi with the other stuff. The, uh, sort of indicates that Yaakov is in is looking for internal reasons for which to assign the misfortune that seemed to be striking him. Uh, now, there is one more misfortune that strikes him, and that's the death of, of Rachel, of course, coming along here. And it's really weird because Rachel just lost the truffle. It's almost like sounding like, you know, once she had the truffle, she had good luck, and now she has bad luck. But, um... It's, 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 it's just uh, strange. I'm not sure exactly how to do it. And then one Ruch, once Ruchel dies, you have the strange story. Again, after Ruchel dies, so he, says he's, he makes it great. You know, he sets up keva Rachel and all this. And then Ruben goes by Yishkov as Bila Aviv. And then you have this problem with Ruben, who's from Leah, uh, getting involved with with uh, billa the Pelegish Aviv. Which means that they weren't completely uh done with the uh love and influence shall i say uh to to my mind this sounds like love and bikish laka a <laughs> you get it uh how is love and bikish laka is he left a lot of junk behind him and he left it in his children when he says habonim bonaiba bonus ba uh what he was saying was to Yaakov, i think he said, you think they're your kids? They're my kids. And, you know, what do you mean by that? I mean, that's not true. Biologically, they're, they're Yaakov's children. Yeah, but I raised them, or I had to on them. And you'll see. And Yaakov has a, uh, a job on his hands, which he undertakes, uh, but late in the day. In other words, they talk about him being ma'achar in the nether. I, I think what happens is like this. When Yaakov comes to Israel, so, right then and there, he should have said, Purge your minds. Hitaru is a wonderful uh, verb. You know, uh, be yourself. Again, I remind you, at the time of Yaakov, there was no mikvah or anything like that. There were no rules of Tum and Tairo. And what's pshat, you know, what kind of din is is, is is the clothes? You know, what what is all that? You know, some of Farshim say the clothes are tummy, but what does that mean, Tome? There wasn't even, didn't exist at that time, right? And uh, rather you see the Yaku like you know, I made a mistake. As soon as we got away from Lovin' and we crossed the border, I should have had everybody change into mayhe sharm clothes. <laughs> you know, something like that. Just have a complete what's it going, what's the expression? Extreme makeover? Should I have extreme from makeover. But he delayed in doing that. He delayed in doing that. And so it suggests to me that one of the reasons the problem had with Dina is Dina showed up in Shechem and she went checking out the situation, but she was dressed like a Geisha girl. You saying? How, how are you going to blame Shechem? Uh, you know, he saw this girl dressed like a, a lovin' type. And so he figured, what the heck? And of course, that, after it's all over, Yaakov said, We're not going to have this anymore. The Jews have to be, uh, you know, uh, dressed different and all the rest of it. And that'll be assigned to the gun, keep your hands off. You see? Keep your hands off. Now, uh, I repeat, Yaakov did not approve of the killing out of Shechem, um, but, you know, is he blaming the children, or is he blaming himself? Let's put it that way. When he says, you know, uh, I think, you know, he's probably blaming himself. He's probably saying, you know, this is something we should have done before, and then hopefully the whole thing never would have happened. Okay? So, we see a, a bunch of transformative steps in the part of Yaakov. By the time he gets to the Thames place, as I read you before, all those 10 places, so his family and he are in a different uh, place, uh, mentally, spiritually, and otherwise, but there have been Carbonus along the way. There have been carbonus along the way. And by the time you get to Parshas Vayeshev, the irony is, the kids are now from, and no, it's not a problem of Utozorah. However, it is a problem of and, and and brotherly hatred. Um, that's an old story in Jewish history. But uh, again, this strikes me as the best way I can think of this year to put together the events that are following the rape of Dina and the, and the extermination of Shechem. Anyway, you can talk about Shabbos see if you agree with it or not. Um, and with that, I bid you a good week. Now I've got to get down to college.